Good morning, everybody. How you doing? All right. Well, you, you may recall, if you were here last week, you might, that we're going to interrupt our series on the life of David so I can show you a new app that just came out that I think might be helpful to you. So you may have downloaded it last week, and if so, whip it out. I want you to see it. If you didn't download it, then you might want to do that right now. It's called the Bible Project app. So if you have it, it's on Android and iPhone. If you have one of those, go ahead and grab your phone. Or if you have an iPad, if you prefer, you can do it on that. Yes, sir. That's going to make it hard, but you can watch and enjoy and be envious of everyone else. And that'll be okay, too. It's be the, a limited, limited occasion for envy. So... What we're going to do, this, this, is a, this is a thing put out by a group of people, the Bible Project. They basically produce a whole bunch of different teaching resources. Generally, what they kind of got started on and what they've done for a long time is these short five, six-minute videos that combine fantastic biblical content with really terrific creative um, visual presentation. The magic of those two things, the solid doctrine and the very creative visuals have produced like a juggernaut. I mean, these, these videos get gajillions of views, and they're just fantastic teachers. But they recently came out with an app. It just was released like a week or two ago. And the app gives you, there's a number of different resources. I want to walk you through the app. I want to show you how it works um, because I think it could really be helpful to you. I've said a hundred times, maybe 200 times, that the key of this whole gig is that you become a self-feeder, right? Coming, showing someplace once a week and sitting in a group isn't nearly as profitable as all by yourself, alone in your dining room or alone in your den or alone in your bedroom or some park you like to go to, and getting, getting into God's word. Quigg's fond of saying, if you really want to succeed at this game, you need to have, do you remember, what are the three things that Quigg says you need to have if you're going to be consistently in the scriptures? A time, a place, and a method. Very good. A time, a place, and a method. Do you know, do you maybe, every morning at 7 a.m. or every evening at 9 p.m., some time, Right, a place. I'm going to go to the den. I'm going to go to the sunroom. I'm going to sit someplace. And what am I going to do? Instead of just like randomly opening your Bible. I'm just suggesting this is one of a gajillion methods, but it might be a helpful method to you. What these guys are doing is they're offering a through the Pentateuch in a year. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If you were to walk through these first five books of the Old Testament, you would get an absolutely extraordinary foundation for your faith. The Pentateuch, the Torah, the books of Moses, they're all the same thing. These first five books, they have a plan to walk you through those in a year, which is not very much of the Bible in a whole long year, right? So it's, pretty, it's a pretty modest amount. But in addition to the actual scripture reading, they're suggesting, hey, if you watch our videos here and here and here, then that's going to help you mine those things for their value. And it's just a, it's an enormous gift. Now, what they're doing with this, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. What they're doing here with this app is... Some of it is new. Some of it is a new organization of things. Some of it is some, um, a, a way to structure things that will be helpful to you. But some of it is also recycling old material that they have. And to that extent, there's a little bit of kind of like mileage varies on this. Because some of their videos, uh, as, I've gone, as I've walked through this, what they call the journey, this first section of it, there's a fair bit of redundancy to that. And so just be aware of that. I'll try to warn you where I think there are greater redundancies that are to be found. Redundancy can be fantastic because we learn through repetition. Redundancy can also be boring because you're like, my goodness, how many times are you going to say this, right? And so you can, you know, you're allowed to adjust into that. But I want to show you how this thing works. If you have the phone, you can follow along. I got Kelly and Sadie up in the booth. So I have the app right here. 
And they've got the app up there. So they're going to be controlling this. And I'm just going to walk you through it and let you try, try to help you see how this thing works just to orient you to it. Because I really think that if you, if you decide to use this um, as a guide, as a, as a structure for this individual time in the scriptures that you might spend every day, then it's going to add a lot of value to you. Bill. Yeah, the Bible Project app. The Bible Project app. And their logo, when you find it, is kind of like this blue... Kind of like, what do you call that? I don't even know what shape that is. Is that supposed to be as a book? I mean, it's like a blue kind of like shapey looking thing. I guess it's, it looks kind of like this-ish, you know, but it's all blue. Okay. The Bible Project. What's that? It's like a text box and comics. Yes. All right. With like a, like a, like a, with a spoken kind of thing. Okay. So here's how it works. If you get to it and you find your way, then across the bottom, you're going to see journey, skills, Bible, videos, podcasts. I want you to go to Bible first. Okay. So go to the Bible tab. Kelly may follow along. In the, in the most direct sense, this is simply a, an online, I mean, a, you know, a digital Bible. And if you go to the very top, mine opens up to Genesis 1, NIV. Yours might open to something else. If you touch on the NIV, then you can choose your translation. They've got a handful of options for you right there, right? And choose whatever you like. And then Genesis 1 becomes the verse picker. You can pick Genesis and you can scroll through and go to, you know, whatever we're doing. First Samuel chapter 23 and you can... Jump right along and, and have that, okay? If you set the translation here to whatever you want, NIV or NIR, whatever you like, then um, that'll carry through in other parts of the app that, use a, that has a Bible reader, okay? So that's helpful if you just want to straight read your Bible here. You might decide to do that. You might read your own print Bible. And they've got, an, a, the Bible shows up at another part of the app during the journey, which I'll show you in a second, okay? We doing all right so far? Okay, now go over to, along the bottom, you got journey skills, Bible videos, podcast. I want you to go to the, to the Journey tab. All right, go to Journeys. And you're going to get this thing that looks like this. Movements and links. Kelly, scroll through that just a little bit. Okay, what you're going to find, Movement 1, Movement 2 is coming, and then it's going to scroll on down there to Movement, Movement, Movement. They use the term movement to describe a logical chunk of the Bible. Generally a pretty big chunk. The first movement's 11 chapters long, okay? So it's bigger than a chapter, smaller than a book. It's like the logical main movement of a text. And they're going to organize all of the Pentateuch through these ideas of movements. And then they're going to give you, I don't know, a week or two to work through a movement. So there's not a daily reading plan. It's not like on Monday do this, on Tuesday do that, on Thursday. It's like rather, hey, in the next couple of weeks, spend time in these 11 chapters Watch these videos, maybe even listen to these podcasts. I'll show you that as we go. And as you do, here's some of the things that I want you to watch for. That's why it's more than merely reading the first five books of the Old Testament. It's going to give you the first five books of the Old Testament, yes, but with some really fantastic explanations about what you're looking for and how it all works. Doing all right? First thing they're going to do is they're going to explain to you what they mean by these two key terms of movements and links, okay, movements are big chunks. Links are like thematic threads that run through it. And in fact, they have a video about movements and a video about links. We're gonna watch both of those to kind of get you oriented to the way this thing is gonna organize, all right? So Kelly Sue, give us the movement. So you're gonna, if you open into it, she just tapped on that circle. Now you get the video for movements and the video for links. Let's just do movements first. And make it nice and big. It's a compilation of ancient Jewish scrolls organized into two large collections. The first, called the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible, was originally designed with three sections, Torah, the prophets, and the writings. 
And the second collection, the New Testament, has two main sections. The narrative accounts about Jesus and then his followers, and then a large collection of letters. Altogether, these scrolls tell one unified story about God's purpose to oversee the world through humans, about how we failed, and about God's relentless pursuit to restore us to our true purpose through Jesus. Now, when you open up and read any one of these scrolls, you'll notice that in our modern Bibles, it's been divided up into chapters and then into verses. These were all added much later in the history of the Bible to help people not get lost. But unfortunately, these divisions don't always match the literary design given to each scroll by the original authors. It's important to remember that biblical scrolls were written to be heard. That is, read aloud and memorized and then meditated upon. And so to help with this, the biblical authors used repeated words and patterns that would organize each scroll into larger movements. A movement is a group of stories or poems that have been arranged together into a meaningful whole. For example, the Genesis scroll has four literary movements. Each one begins with God giving blessing and life to someone who then fails and brings about curse and death. And so God moves forward by offering the blessing to the next generation. In Genesis, the first movement begins with God blessing Adam and Eve. But then they fail and things get really bad. And so God rescues and blesses Noah and then he fails too and things get worse. So in the next movement, God promises to bless Abraham and all nations through him. And even though he too fails, Abraham trusts in God's commitment to bless the world through his descendants. Then in the third movement, we get to Abraham's grandson, Jacob. And God wants to bless him, but Jacob keeps deceiving the people around him, trying to manipulate God's blessing for himself. And it all leads to the final movement. God blesses Jacob with many sons, but they lie and almost kill each other. And so God has to somehow transform their violent rivalry into blessing and life for the nations. Each biblical scroll has been organized in this kind of careful and intentional way. And reading biblical scrolls according to their literary movements, that's a great first step towards hearing the Bible on its own terms. Now, as you read through a movement, you can track key patterns and themes by paying attention to important words and ideas that repeat and develop throughout the movement. This is when you begin to see how each movement contributes to the overall biblical story. Okay, can you see how this can be helpful to you? Like the key here, the secret of the whole thing, the secret sauce is that you take full ownership of your own spiritual development, your own growth in Christ. You're not having a quiet time because anybody's telling you to. You're just like, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to become. And so I'm going to do this. But these guys, and we hopefully as a church, can really help you be successful. So it doesn't just feel like you're roaming around in the middle of the desert, right? But you're getting guidelines and, and, a, and a clear kind of path to follow to make what may have been previously opaque starts to become translucent, even transparent, that you can see it and it makes sense to you, okay? So these are what he means by movements. Second thing, second key kind of organizing principle are these links, okay? Links are going to these thematic ideas, these terms to kind of weave through. And so we've got a video about links. Our goals at Bible Project has been to introduce all the way through the last, rather, the biblical authors had a message they wanted to communicate. So wait, ideas, go ahead and hit pause. But like any good story, those ideas are not presented. Yeah, so my wife is a vampire and in ruling over all. 
and her fingers do not work on iPads. So I've chosen her specifically to run this thing back there, okay? It's unbelievable, like, she touches it. You can watch her. She touches it, and it just doesn't work, okay? But, so, we're hoping she'll get a soul The Bible is a collection soon. of ancient Israelite scrolls, and they've been brought together to tell one unified story about God's purpose to partner with humanity in ruling over all creation. Now, the biblical authors had a message they wanted to communicate, a set of ideas. But like any good story, those ideas are not presented in formulas or lists. Rather, they're explored through patterns that we call themes. In the Bible, a theme usually begins in the beginning, and it continues all the way through the whole story to the end. There are lots of themes that link together and unify the biblical story, and one of our goals at Bible Project has been to introduce you to them so that you can see how they all lead to Jesus. Now we want to take a step further and help you learn how to discover and trace a theme for yourself while you read the Bible. You ready? So themes in the Bible are activated by words that get repeated throughout different parts of a biblical scroll. Think of them as links that fit together into a larger developing idea. For example, the theme of God's blessing. This word is used hundreds of times throughout the whole biblical story. And if you want to trace this theme for yourself, just turn to the first movement of the Genesis scroll. In the first story, the word blessing appears three times. The first link is when God creates the birds and the fish and he blesses them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters. So God's blessing has to do with abundance and multiplying life. Then the theme develops through the next link. God next blesses the humans, giving them the honor of ruling over the creatures as God's partners. So now ruling is a part of God's blessing. Then on the seventh day, God rests and he blesses his beautiful and abundant creation. So we've traced the word blessing that gets repeated in one story, but we noticed how it was connected to other ideas like being fruitful or ruling or resting in life. So when you see those words and ideas, you know that the theme of blessing is being activated and developed. And that's how it works. Now you should try. We're gonna practice by taking one theme and tracing its key words and images and synonyms all throughout one movement. Let's start in the first movement of Genesis. And we're gonna have you trace the theme of God's spirit or in Hebrew, God's ruach. First watch the overview video on God's spirit and then Jump into the first movement of Genesis where you can find the links for that pattern. All right, doing all right? So the whole Bible is this great big massive thing and it's divided into books, but he calls scrolls. Genesis would be a scroll. We think of it as a book, right? An Exodus is a book or a scroll. But within any given book, there are different movements, different chunks. These are about, you know, 10 or 15 chapters long, kind of like main organizing principles, which are really there. These are not artificially imposed on the text. Your chapter breaks are, okay? Chapter breaks were not, when Moses wrote Genesis, he did not say chapter two, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, chapter three, ba-ba-ba. That stuff was added like millennia later, okay? And that's fine. It's helpful just to kind of divide anything up, but they're not actually kind of inherent to the organization of the author. These movements, what, what, Mackey, what Tim Mackey is pointing out is that the, the, the movements he's doing are inherent. This is part of the storyline. You can, you can tell, and if you read it, if you pay attention to it, you'll see, oh yeah, that is a chunk. And then something changes and there's a new chunk. But throughout those chunks, there are these themes, these ideas. What we're about to do, 
what you are about to do, if you decide to kind of follow on this journey, is not to identify every single theme, every single link, and every single chapter. It would just be absolutely overwhelming. So he's organizing things through Genesis through the singular theme of, uh, singular link of what? What did he say? Ruach, right? The spirit, okay? And so that word ruach is translated as spirit, is translated as wind, is translated as breeze. It is the Holy Spirit. Um, but there's a lot more here. And he's just going to pick that. There's others that he could have chosen, but he's going to pick that one as a sample because you just can't do everything all at once. All right? Making sense so far? Okay, so if you look at your app, and if you actually got it on you, you go to this journey thing. So Kelly, you're going to go back, uh, hit that top, yep, right there. So we have movements and links. We could jump into movement one. And if you just touch on that circle for movement one, then you're going to see there's some, you have some things that you can take a look at. Genesis 1 to 11 is a Torah series. Now that's where I say these guys are somewhat recycling old information. So they had previously made a video about this opening section of Genesis. And that gives us a great overview. We can watch that. We will watch that actually. But we're, we're not going to do this every week. You might, when you get to the next movement, if you decide to do this in a week or two when it's time, you're going to see what do they have what is, is there an introductory video to the next movement you're going to go through? Or maybe some videos about the, about the theme. In addition to the main videos like that, if you scroll down through, there's all these little things that they're going to give. Like, um, yeah, go ahead and, Kelly, click on where it says primary pattern, Holy Spirit. Yes, ma'am. And that's going to open up another little sub-menu where you can watch a video about the theme of Holy Spirit, which he just alluded to that. There's a video, this is what you're looking for, this is what we mean by Ruach. And then there's quizzes. And then there's, there's just all kinds of resources under each topic, which is why you've got a couple of weeks to read Genesis 1 to 11. You could read Genesis 1 to 11, you know, in a, I don't know, a half hour or something. Right? But you got two more weeks. What are you going to do? Well, maybe you're going to watch some of these videos. You're going to process. You're going to read it. You're going to be looking for these things. And you're getting yourself a fantastic foundational education that's going to serve you very, very well. Because I'll tell you this, you guys, everything, everything, everything that's in the Bible is also in Genesis. It is the great acorn from which the oak of Scripture comes. It's astonishing. In fact, it's darn near everything in the first three chapters of Genesis. It is extraordinary how much is embedded and compact into the opening chapters of Genesis that will just explode and flourish throughout all of Scripture. So if you will, un if you will take the time to understand this book, it's going to matter for everything else that you study for the rest of your days. Okay? Doing all right? Let's watch a couple more videos. So Kelly, let's do... Um, you're on the, let's do the Holy Spirit page, Holy Spirit theme, and then we'll watch the Genesis video. So... Holy Spirit, uh, let's see, so go down a little bit more. Yep, and click on Holy Spirit, and then go theme Holy Spirit. That video. Means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place, but then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's spirit? Yeah, so the spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy, how so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right, wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? 
well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. The story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now. Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Come on now. Isn't that good? Did you learn anything in the last 20 minutes? There's so much wisdom in this stuff, and it's such a creative presentation. I prompt, their doctrine is rock solid. They're trustworthy. If you trust me, you can trust them, all right? They're trustworthy. But they bring to it such a, such a creative presentation that just makes this stuff stick, right? Does art matter? It does. It affects the way that we can learn, okay? So I want to suggest to you a protocol that you might choose to follow, but let me just stop and give you a chance to answer. Let me give you a chance to ask questions about this app, how things are organized, what you might do with it. How's this landing? Hey, Tim, do you want to share the quiz? Um, I, yes, I do. But I want to pause and just give some feedback, and then we'll absolutely, I think those are helpful and valuable. So yes, please, thank you. Kat. I don't know about this question, but I'm already reading the uh, Bible in a year. Yes. I'm actually doing it on the Bible app, the uh, U version. Yeah. Nikki Gumbel. Yes, that's great. The alpha guy. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Okay, so Kat, so Kat you're, you're already in a, a Bible through the year kind of program. Should you stop doing that to do this? I'd vote no, right? If you have something that is working for you, the last thing I wanna do is to discourage you from reading through your Bible in a year. So if you're, if you're in a pattern, if you're in a habit and it's working for you, game on, just do, do that. But do this next year or do that if you find somehow in June that that thing is petered out and you got lost in the, you know, in the sea of Leviticus or something, then perhaps here's just another tool. You're already outside of that. You're killing it, right? So that's great. Whatever, if, you're, if you've already got something that's working for you, by all means. But if not, and I would guess that, well, how many of you have like a, how many of you already have a time and method and a place and you're locked in and I'm screwing that up right now? Okay, so, okay. So I don't know what that was, 40, 40% or something? Awesome, do it, carry on, it's great. But there, is a, there, there will be, hopefully you're gonna live for many, many years, right? And there'll be lots of opportunities to jump into stuff. Cool, so Bianca? I just want to encourage students, you are already in a study. Some of the videos and podcasts that they um, put together, they have real, they'll go deeper than maybe what you can just as you're reading it. And even if you've read it a long time and read the commentaries, they, this guy in particular does a lot of um, word studies. So he really peels back. Yes. He ties it all back to the Old Testament, which I think we can sometimes get kind of just lost and it's not, it's not as relevant today as we feel like it's relevant. Yes. Okay, that's a great, so Bianca is saying that if you're already doing something that's great, you can do that, but there's content here that could supplement that. So let me, let me show you how you would find that. So Kelly, um, go down, so if you, at the bottom, we're all, everything we're doing is in this bottom corner, journey. Skills, don't worry about that. Bible is just straight Bible. But under videos and podcasts, this is gonna be content not related to the journey per se. It's just all their stuff, right? And it's organized by book and by topic. So click on videos, Kelly. And if you go here, you want to, you could just do this. So you're, you're doing through your, you're through the Bible cap, but you also just want to read a, you know, these videos about how to read the Bible. And there's a bunch of these different themes, royal priests, spiritual beings. And if you click on any one of these, there's not just four, like click Kelly under view all for say, I don't care, the themes. And if, or that one's fine. It's great. You scroll down. There's just tons of content. These are all going to be, you know, like five or six minute videos on something. And you could just scroll through and pick what's useful to you, right? Um, back that up a step. And you'll see they've got books. They've got, um, go way down. I want to find like books of the Bible, book collections. So Torah, Luke, Acts, the wisdom books. If you go view all under that one, you've got just tons. If you happen to be reading Leviticus and you're like, what's that about? You're reading Job. Here's a video on Job. Just great content that could supplement whatever else you're doing. All right. Those are all the videos. Now, and maybe while we're here, I'll also mention this. If you go to the podcasts link on the bottom, a video is five or six minutes long, highly visual, easy graspable, really, really beautiful. Podcasts are very different, okay? Podcasts are more of like their advanced content. They're hour-long conversations. There is no visual element to them. It's a podcast. It's a radio show. Um, and they're full of great insight, but they're, they're an hour instead of five minutes. So you're going to experience those things differently. By all means, check out the podcast. Lots and lots of different content, but they're much longer form, and they're going to they're gonna appeal perhaps to a different audience. Try one. See what you think. Um, maybe if you're in the car, and you're, uh, podcasts are great when you're in the car and you're burning time, you're cutting the grass, or you're mowing the lawn or sweeping the house. I love to have content going on. It's just kind of learning, kind of redeemed dead time. But they're, they're long, and, they're, and there's, no, there's no pretty pictures to look at. Okay? Bob? The, the thing that's neat about the podcast is that they're actually the discussion between Tim and John as they're trying to visualize how they're going to do the video. 
So it's, it's really a back and forth. And John always plays kind of the questioner like you and I would go, why are you doing it this way? Or what is that all about? And then Tim will explain that to him. But the podcast really fits in nice with all the videos because it is a more elaborate discussion about it. It's, it I listen to them often. Yeah, they're, they're kind of the rough draft of them sitting around and kind of Batting, batting the ideas around. So they're less efficient. Their, their videos are so tight, like not a second is wasted. The, the conversations are more, you know, leisurely as they, as they roam through it. Now, what's different about watching, watching a podcast here, uh, Kelly, pick any podcast, is they, they do give you a, um, a visual component, but it's not pictures, it's just words. So um, go ahead, just doesn't care, do that episode one, how do you read the Bible? And what you'll find if you do this is the bottom, uh, see, see up in the top, it's like intro skip. They're kind of giving you the, the table of contents through their thing. And if they quote scripture, they're going to have the scripture listed there. So, so there's nothing pretty. It's just a transcript Scott. Okay. So Kelly, like, just skip forward ahead a little bit. And it'll just right. follow along with your section headings, okay? So there's is a little bit of a guidance and to that. Like, no, God, even if you come out. So you can kill all that if your finger comes alive. Like frustrated teacher um, waiting hmm. for you to clue in. Oh, I'm not right. Vampire, I, I swear to you, this is the strangest Getting thing. Getting it. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got it. Okay, so other questions about how this thing, whole thing works. Lily? So it's not exactly a question, but I did want to put forth, especially since it's Alpha Sunday. Put, I'm sorry, put forth a... Oh, that since it's Alpha Sunday, that this could actually be a really valuable discipleship tool. And in part, I mean, whether it's life group or whether it's someone you're meeting one-on-one with or in a small group with, I was just thinking that this is one of the beauties of the Bible Project is that... Um, like my elementary school kids love it, and those of us who are, you know, fifty-year-old love it. Yeah. Love it, and so it's like, also if you're if you're wondering for ways to engage with family members, um, like if I can do this with my third grader, you can do it with any of your kids. Absolutely. So Lily's saying, this is, so right now is Alpha Sunday. We're, we're particularly thoughtful about how do we help people that aren't walking with Jesus discover how great he is. And the Bible Project is a great tool for that. For folks that are like, have questions or curious about it, you can watch a video. People are accustomed to watching video. You might say, hey, this is a great video, and you can share it, send it to them, send them a link to it. Um, you know, this, this has like a, I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm not, I'm not sure if this has a share function, but... Uh, does it, does it have a share, does it have like a text, somebody, this video function? Somebody look at that, Liz. See if it's got a share function going in it. It's got all that. Okay, so you can, you can just, you know, you can push content out. Or maybe you sit down with somebody over lunch and you watch a video together and you, and you talk about it. But they're all bite-sized. They're all like six minutes long. You know, they're tight. And you can make good stuff happen. Okay, great. So you can jump in and you can, you can share things out. Okay, another question or thought about using this? I love, love, love. The gospel came to us on the way to somebody else. So yes, yes. But first, it comes to us, right? And the more that you are taking ownership for your own internal spiritual development, I'm going to read this, I'm going to know this, I'm going to understand the Ruach and what the theme here is that the Spirit of God is alive and what he's doing. Man, that's, that has huge value. All right. Another comment or question or anything before we keep going? Yeah, Jim? So are we going to all go at the same pace? Okay, great question. So it is not my intention to continue to do this here. So next week, actually next week is going to be an alpha week. But when we resume, we're going to resume David's life story, studying 1 Samuel here. Okay, so I will not be guiding you through this in any kind of a pace. My suggestion is that all by yourself, 
just when you're home and you're having, you're spending time with Jesus, this is a particular paradigm you could follow. There will be a pace because they're laying the tracks as the train is barreling down them right now. So only the first movement is done. I think it's the 17th of January, so like in a week, they'll have the second movement ready. And so there is a pacing because the content will come delivered. But we will not, we are not doing this per se. I'm just suggesting, hey, this is one more tool in your tool bag. Cool? All right. Very good. Cat. Yes, ma'am. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. You spilled a bunch of Hebrew letters. So the, the English transliteration, what is that? R-U-A-C-H? R-U-A-C-K? C-H-K? C-K-H? I don't know. Ruach. How do you spell? I don't even know. Okay, and second? Do you do this on your own pay, at your own pace? Yes. Yeah, so they'll give you, you know, you'll have a couple of weeks to do a chunk. And if you fall behind, you fall behind. That's, that's the problem with the Bible reading plan. As soon as you fall behind, you're like, well, it's over, you know. But it's not over. Just get back on, you know. It's fine. It's a, say it takes you a year and a half to get through the Pentateuch. Nobody's going to jail for that, you know. That's okay. So just at your pace. Okay. All right, let's do this. Now, Kelly Sue, can you navigate back to, go back to the journey? And... Um, you mentioned um, this Holy Spirit quiz. Let's do this now. So we just watched a video about the Ruach, this thing. We're going to take a quiz. You ready? So punch that. What is the Hebrew word for the Spirit of God, you guys? Is it Yahweh, Ruach, Elohim, or whatever that last one is? It is Ruach. So you say Ruach. Next. What was the Spirit of God moving over? The mountains, the skies, the waters, the garden. The water, right? Very good. Hit water. That was easy. Uh, Same thing. So that was a two-question survey. That was not hard, okay? So go, Kelly, let's get, okay, now here's, now, you can stay where you're at, babe. So after that, they're going to suggest you check out these podcasts. You'll see these have just jumped to 57-minute long commitments. I listened to every one of those podcasts last week when I hiked McAfee's. And if you want to know the truth, by the time I got through the third one, it was like, my goodness, you've said the same thing five hundred times. It was drudgery. But the first couple were great. It just got a little redundant. But there's some good stuff. So if you're doing something, I just recommend that to you. If you're, you're on a hike, you're cutting the grass, man, just throw on your earbuds and let's dance, all right? Let's, let's redeem the time. Okay, so go back out of Holy Spirit, Kelly. The very top. Okay, so if you scroll up just a little bit, as you, what, what, here's a protocol that I might suggest. When you get home, if you decide you're going to do this, or tomorrow morning, or whatever you're doing, watch the movement video again, right? We learn better through repetition, right? Watch the link video. Okay, now you know where he's going, what we're going, what we're going to do. Maybe watch the Holy Spirit video, because that's the first link we want to get, okay? And then maybe you want to start reading. Maybe you're going to start reading through Genesis 1 to 11, or maybe you're going to want to watch the video about Genesis 1 to 11. I don't really care. Well, do them both. Do them whatever order you want. Um, what we will do is we're going to look at, well, we'll watch the, the, the video on Genesis 1 to 11 right now. That'll give you a, a little bit of a deeper sense, and then I'll show you the text. There's some little Easter eggs in the text, and we'll see what this says. The first book in the Bible is a book you've probably heard of. It's called Genesis. Genesis comes from a Hebrew word. Uh, it's pronounced reshit, uh, and it just means beginning. Now, there's a lot of stories from the book of Genesis, and it's easy just to pull out a specific story and, and try to tell you what it might mean. But we think the best way to understand this book is to look at the book as a whole and show you how the whole thing is designed. The book is designed to fall into two main parts. 
You have uh, chapters 1 through 11, which is telling the story of God and the whole world. And then you have the second part, which is about God and Abraham's family, as chapters 12 through 50. And how the two of those parts relate, that's where you find the message of the book. Okay, so let's start back at the beginning. The first part of Genesis begins with a creation story where God creates everything. And how exactly that happens, of course, that's where all the debates come. But he takes a dark, watery chaos and he turns it into a beautiful garden where humans can can flourish. That sounds nice. It does sound nice. In fact, seven different times God says of all that he's made that it's good. And this is where we meet the first human characters in the Bible, Adam and Eve. They're, they're both individual characters, but they're also representative. Adam is the Hebrew word for humanity, and Eve is the Hebrew word for life. And God creates them in his image. In other words, humanity reflects or is meant to reflect the, the, the creativity, the goodness and character of the creator out into the world that he's made. And they're supposed to reproduce and make cultures and neighborhoods and art and gardens and and everything else. But he gives them a a moral choice about how they're going to go about building this world. And this is what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is all about. And he tells them, don't eat of the fruit of this tree or you will die. What's that all about? So up till now, God has been the one defining and providing what is good. And so God is the one with the knowledge of good and evil. But now this tree represents a choice. Will the humans trust God's definition of good and evil, or are they going to seize the opportunity and define good and evil for themselves? And Adam and Eve eat the fruit. This is the core biblical explanation for that concept of sin, that desire to call the shots myself, It's the inward turn of the human heart to do what's good for me and my tribe, even if it's at the expense of you and and your tribe. And the problem is humans are horrible at defining good and evil without God. And so now that humanity's made this choice, things get really, really, really bad. So Genesis 3 through 11 is like tracing this downward spiral of all, all humanity. So Adam and Eve, they can't trust each other. Anymore, And so there's a little story about how they were naked and felt fine about it beforehand, but now they feel shameful because all of a sudden Adam's definition of good and evil might be different than Eve's, and so they hide from each other. Then there's another story of temptation. Cain is jealous of his brother Abel, and he gives in and kills him. There's a story right after Cain about a guy named Lamech, and all we know about Lamech is that he accumulates wives like property, and he sings songs about how he's a more violent, vengeful person than Cain ever was, and he's proud of it. Things get so bad with the human race that we see God decide to just wipe us out. Yeah, we typically think of the flood story is about God being angry, but it actually begins with God's sadness and grief about the state of his world. And so out of his passion to preserve the goodness of his world, he washes it clean with the flood. But there's a glimmer of hope. He, he chooses Noah and his whole family, and he saves them on this boat. Yeah, don't forget about the animals. Right, and the animals. So Noah and his family are going to reboot all of humanity. I mean, he must be a pretty great guy. But this is the story most people don't know because it's kind of weird is that Noah gets off the boat and he plants a vineyard and he gets totally plastered and then something sketchy happens in his tent with his son. It's a tragic story. So from here humanity grows again 
but things are as bad as before. And the last story is the famous story of the Tower of Babel. And in this story, you have all of the nations uniting together to use this new technology they have, the brick. And they want to make a name for themselves and build this big city with a huge tower that will reach up to the gods. But God knows that this city will be a nightmare. And so in his mercy, he scatters them. And all of these stories, they're underlining the same basic idea. When humans seize autonomy from God, when they define good and evil for themselves, it results in a world of tragedy and death. And this leaves you wondering, is there any hope for humanity? Yes, yeah, there is. It's the very next story that answers that question. It's the beginning of God's mission to rescue and restore his world. Mm, that's a good summary. So good, right? Okay, so as we're saying here, one of my most ardent desires is that you would grow in your ability to be a self-feeder. Some of you are like, man, I've been doing this for years. Praise the name. Deeper still, right? Others of you are like, well, I've never really done that. I remember it was my junior year. I'd been involved with crew my freshman year, my sophomore year. And people were all like, you know, spending time alone, reading their Bibles. And I was like, whatever. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to do that. But it was, whatever happened, finally, I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. My junior year, I began to actually read my Bible, just all by myself. And I went from being fed to beginning to be a self-feeder. And that was the moment that my life began to change. Because I began to all by myself decide, I'm going to know this book. And for the last 30 years or whatever it is, that habit, that commitment has continued. And catalyzing that moment is really what I, my life, my great passion is that the moment would happen when it just becomes like, I'm going to know this. I'm, gonna, I'm committed to this. And I really think this is just one. It's just a tool. It's just one. But I think it's a tool that could really be helpful to you in, to that end. Okay? Here's the last thing I want you to see. Kelly, take him to the, stay within the journey. Stay within the journey. Scroll down where it's finally time to read the book. Um, let's see. Okay, touch in the, in the beginning. Okay, now what they're going to do, this is just Bible content. Uh, okay, here's a little summary introduction. Keep going. Say done. Nope. Yeah, touch that done box. Uh, no, okay, no, no. Hang on, let me see. We want to get to the text of the scripture, Kelly. So click on that. Nope, nope, nope. No, that's okay. That's all right. Hang on, let me see if I can guide you to it. I think if, if you touch the word done, does it take you to hit continue? Oh, I'm wrong. So hang on. Sorry. This is live TV, folks. Uh, yeah, that, there, that. What did you do? Whatever you just did, that was it. Okay. Oh, I was at the bottom of it? Okay. Darn me. Okay. So go all the way. Just go all the way to the top, babe. And I want you to see they have these things scrolled a little bit down. Right there. Let's see. Where is it? The Spirit of God. You can't really see it. I don't see it. You can barely tell. You really can't. Do you see where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth is formless and empty darkness over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You, it is imperceptible on the screen, but that's highlighted. If you look in your app, that's highlighted. And if you touch on Spirit of God, Kelly, yeah, it brings stuff up. So anytime that the theme of Ruach shows up here in this first 11 chapters, if you touch it, there's a little 
double click thing out that'll give you a little bit more insight of what's going on here and what does the Ruach mean here. So I don't know why it's so unimaginably faint there, but you, can you see it on your actual app? Do you find them? Okay. So those are just, as you read through that first movement, there's little touch points. You're like, oh, Ruach, I see. Oh, who would have known that the spirit and the word breeze and the word wind are all the same? And sometimes it gets translated in even more obscure ways, but they just capture them for you and remind you what's going on. And if you click on those little purple tags, then they bring you into a little bit more insight. And sometimes there's quizzes and stuff behind those as well. Okay. So goal is you go home, you get the app, you watch some of the introductory videos, and then every couple of weeks, you just check in. What's the new movement? What's the themes? What are we looking for? And over the next 12 months, you walk yourself through the Pentateuch and get a rock-solid foundation for all the rest of what the scriptures say. I think that would be amazing. Okay. Just the Pentateuch in the year? That's all they're doing. Just those first five books for 12 months. That's the whole thing. Okay? So, we're done here. I hope you get it. And if you're like, blah, blah, blah then you're really the one that I'm talking to, right? Because how amazing would it be if you had a habit of every day, what is it, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day? Go for a half hour, what do you got, right? That you're just laying it down bit by bit for the next 40 years and you're just gonna hide God's word in your heart, laying it down. That would be extraordinary. Okay, next week we're gonna be talking about Alpha again because we think it's so fantastic. So we'll do that for here next week. Week after that, we'll be back to continue the study of the life of David. I think that's it. Thanks for coming. We'll see you.